0: Would you turn with me to Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one, beginning at verse one. We're going to look at the passage from one to verse one to verse eleven this morning. We're still on our road trip. Last Sunday morning, we started our road trip with Jesus, and uh, we preached about uh, his resurrection as we traveled seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus, only to find out we really needed to make a U-turn and get back to, to where things were happening and get back to where Jesus was telling him to be. Today, we're going to take a little stop on the road at the Mount of Olives, or the Mount of Olives, and we're gonna gaze into the clouds. We're gonna do a little cloud gazing this morning and preach about the ascension of Jesus Christ, his ascending back to heaven, his ascending back to the Father. I don't know if I have ever preached a full sermon just about the ascension. Of Jesus Christ. I was thinking about that different times this week. I know that I have mentioned it and, and worked it into many different sermons and, and teachings, but I don't know if I've ever preached just about his ascension. But I believe this morning as we gaze into those clouds, as we look and see the ascension of Jesus Christ, there are many things that we can learn and many things that we can apply based on what happened that day in the surrounding days. So we're going to do a little cloud gazing. Have you ever gazed into the clouds? Do you ever look at the clouds? I've I've looked at the clouds before and uh, it's interesting to watch the different shapes of the clouds. It's interesting to watch the movements of the clouds. And sometimes you watch and you think, am I moving or is the cloud moving? I don't know. But we watch and you can see clouds moving across the horizon. But this morning I bring it into a Spiritual connotation as we see our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, ascend into the clouds but brings us a promise all at the same time as they told the the ongoers, as the gazers were looking, they said, why are you standing here just looking into the clouds, gazing into the clouds, this same Jesus who you see go away shall return in like manner. So the ascension points us to a promise that not only did they watch Jesus ascend into the clouds, one day we shall see him come back in the clouds of of glory. Now, I don't wanna get too far ahead on this road trip because we're gonna preach about some of those things as we continue our road trip. So I better stick with the ascension this morning, but there's a great day coming for God's people. The best is yet to come. Would you read with me? Beginning at Acts chapter 1, verse 1, we'll go down through verse 11. I want to read the whole passage at once today. I know I normally don't do that, but the former account I made. Now, this is Luke. Some people call him Dr. Luke. He was a physician. Uh, He wrote the Gospel of Luke, but he also wrote the account of the Acts of the Apostles. Both, Both were written by Dr. Luke So the former account, he's talking about the Gospel of Luke that I made, O Theophilus. Theophilus means God lover. Now, some theologians think it could be a specific person. Some think it could be a group of people. Some thinks he could be just writing it open-ended to all who love God. But regardless of who his initial audience was, we are his audience now. And and this whole book is applicable to all of us as God lovers today and can teach us many things throughout this powerful, powerful book of Acts. Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Look at verse four. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Now everybody say that word wait. Now you're gonna have to wait until next week for that sermon because next week we are gonna wait in an upper room and we're gonna preach really about this verse right here of what Jesus told them to wait and who he told them to wait for. But we're gonna have to wait this morning until next week for that sermon. But he said to wait for the promise of the Father. Now who is the promise of the Father? Notice that is capitalized. He's preaching about you need to wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit. We'll preach that next week, but it gets me excited. Which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel. Now let me stop there a second. Remember last week that was what they the two disciples on the road to Emmaus were all stressed out and perplexed about. They had missed the point. They had thought that Jesus had come to establish his earthly kingdom then and there. They thought that Jesus had come as the Messiah to rescue them from the Roman rule and establish an earthly kingdom then and there. But Jesus had not come just to save them from Roman rule. Jesus had come to save the entire world from sin. And his kingdom has no ending. And yes, one day, and we'll preach about this towards the end of the road trip, one day he will come and establish his kingdom upon this earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and he shall reign forever and forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no ending. And all these great things are going to happen. But he said, listen, boys, you're getting ahead of things here. He said, it's not for you. Look at the the second part of verse seven. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own authority. He said, stop worrying about all of this, trying to figure all this out. But look at verse eight. He said, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He said, quit worrying about what's gonna happen in the future. Quit worrying about when I'm gonna establish my kingdom, but I have something I want to do inside of you. And you see, children of God, the kingdom of God is in us. The kingdom of God is in us, inside of us. And he said, I want you to wait. I want you to tarry, but you're gonna receive power on the inside of you when he comes upon you. And then you're gonna be my witnesses. Let's read on. To me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria until the end of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things and while they watched, here's where we're at this morning. Here's our stop at the Mount Olives this morning. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight." And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. If you believe the reading of the word this morning, how about a big amen today? If they did not believe the resurrection before, they would have believed it then. If there were any doubters in the crowd that day wondering, was this really Jesus? Is he really the one we saw killed on the cross, beaten and and battered, and his lifeless body taken from the cross, put into the tomb. If they had doubted his resurrection, there was no doubt that day as they watched the power of God come up on him and he ascended into the clouds. Why the ascension? One, I believe it was further proof of The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Further proof of the centrality of our beliefs as Christians. Our central belief is that we have a Savior who was both God, who came as man, and who rose again. And he is alive and he's ever interceding. And the resurrection is true. And the ascension brought further proof of his resurrection. It brought further validity of his resurrection. It showed that Jesus was and is and will always be the son of the living God. He is a living savior. Now, I want you to think about this as we think about why this morning. And we think about Jesus who died on the cross, Jesus who rose on the third day as we preached last week. Jesus who rose again on the third day over death, over hell, over the grave, He wasn't the only one that had been brought back to life. Jesus had gone to a place in Bethany one time and saw some sisters who were very upset and very out of sorts. Their brother Lazarus, remember Lazarus had died and Lazarus stunk. What do you mean he stunk? Well, Martha looked at Jesus and said, where have you been? He's dead. Jesus said, well, where's he at? Well, he stinks by now. He's been dead for four years days. But you remember the story. Jesus told him what? Roll the stone away. And he specifically called for Lazarus to come out of the dead, out of the grave. Now, I don't want to spend too much time there because I could get all wound up and, and excited. But you know, if Jesus had just made a blanket decoration, declaration that the whole little pretty cemetery would have been messed up pretty big time that day. If he